0: This is Dr. X. H. Balthazar. I'm broadcasting once again to present my findings from the world of the uncanny. Today, I present you with the most disturbing case. I was recently approached by the local authorities from the township of Orangeburg, located north along the Hudson River. A series of disappearances have shaken the small town. All the missing persons have been girls aged 14 to 18. All of them attended the local high school. Investigations had come up empty and the police were grasping at straws, sewing me tales of witches in the woods and conspiracies far reaching. After some deliberation, I decided to head for Orangeburg, if only to ease their minds. Orangeburg is a quiet place. Suburban and otherwise pleasant. However, upon arriving, I felt a deep threat surround me. Wherever I looked in town, I saw the faces of missing girls. Missing flyers plastered on the sides of buildings and in telephone poles, hung in windows, archways, and some simply blowing in the wind. The town has a population of only about a thousand, five girls go missing the whole town knows about it i interviewed many residents in the town about the girls who they were what they have been involved with most of them seem more confused than myself that is until i met 17 year old davis collie while sitting in a local diner the following is our interview this is Dr. Balthazar. I am sitting in the F.C. Diner with Davis Collie here in Orangeburg, New York. It is May 23rd, 1957.
1: This, this thing is recording us?
0: Yes. Is that all right with you?
1: Are you going to sell it to a newspaper or something? Cause...
0: No. This is for my own personal research as well as to assist the local authorities should it help their search.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. just don't want everybody thinking I'm crazy.
0: For context, Davis approached me while having dinner on the second day of my investigation. He claims to be able to shed some light on the case. Davis?
1: I, am um, heard you were some big detective type. Sent in by Washington or something? I suppose you already know about Tweed then.
0: I am not. Please elaborate.
1: Tweed is what the locals here call the place, because it sits beside Tweed Road in the Clawsland Mountains. During the Great War, the, uh, the first one. The army built a base up there to train recruits.
0: You're speaking of the Bluefields Rifle Range?
1: Yeah, that's the one. It's been up there forever. My grandfather said it was always pretty empty. They didn't use it much since the war ended not long after they were done building it. That being said... People were working there not too long ago. Most people still don't know this about the area about my family, but my grandfather had been up there as a scientist during the Second World War in the early 40s. He talks about it sometimes. A lot lately. They were trying to do stuff they had learned from Nazi prisoners. I don't remember any of these experiences, but I do know they were, uh... strange.
0: What was strange about them?
1: Strange like tests and stuff. With... with girls. That's why I wanted to talk to you. I see. What kind of tests were they? I'm not sure. My grandfather talks about the girls, though. He calls them... (laughs) Angels. Angels? Yeah, but I don't have any idea why they were up there. He never talks about why. I'm not even sure he knows.
0: Tell me more about the Bluefields. Have you ever been there? In
1: 1946, the Bluesfield Rifle Range was officially closed. The army left everything there to rot. When you go up, you'll see the immense size of the place. I mean, it is big... It's everything. Barracks, an armory, mess hall. Plus there are these long tunnels that extend underneath the different areas of the base. There are massive bunkers at each end of the tunnels that the men up there used to call hell holes. they are deep, dark pits where the men would stay. <sighs> so as a dare, a lot of people at the high school go to Tweed and decide to spend the night there. People have been doing it forever, at least since it closed down. It's typically a couple, a bottle of beer, and liquor involved. I don't really like to drink or nothing, so I decided to watch over my friends the night we went up there.
0: So you have been there? Yeah. If you go
1: yourself, there's an entrance tucked inside a hollowed-out tree only a few feet from the road. You can't miss
0: it if you're looking. Good to know. Continue.
1: Another thing you should know is that the tunnels are pitch black. We brought a couple of flashlights, and you still can't see much. When the flashlights were turned off, though, you couldn't even see your fingers in front of your face. much less all the bugs.
0: Insects?
1: Yep. The whole tunnel's crawling with them. Called cave crickets. As big as a baseball. They're pretty common around here, probably because there's so many of them in the tunnels. Watch out for them. They like to jump. Noted. Anyway, we get out of the tunnel and find ourselves going up some rickety stairs into one of the barracks. We needed to be careful. The stairs were high up, and there was no railing or wall to keep us centered. Sometimes I could even hear the wood creak under our feet. The barracks and all the other facilities looked exactly as I had imagined them. They hadn't been touched by time yet. It was as if the place had just been forgotten about one day. It was fun running around the abandoned post screaming and making a ruckus, but that didn't last long. We found a new tunnel and decided to see where it led. As we were traveling through the tunnel, we noticed this area seemed to have been older than the rest. We weren't sure why, but everything was crumbling and falling apart. As we approached the end, we saw a light in the opening. We figured this was one of the ways out. So we pressed forward ready to get the hell out of there as we approached we we started hearing a a voice couldn't make out what it was saying the hairs on the back of my neck were beginning to stand up I was regretting the decision I had made but I I couldn't stop we finally got close enough to see there was a group of people standing around a pentagram chopped on the concrete floor I knew this from Bible study. The sign of the devil.
0: What did the people look like? How many were there?
1: Six. There were six of them. One standing on each point of the... Well, you know. And one in the middle. The five weren't moving or breathing even. It's like they were asleep, but... Too still to be asleep. The one in the middle was chanting and um can we can we uh, can we go
0: this is Dr. X.H. Balthazar my interview with Davis Collie continues we are now sitting in my car behind the FC Diner you were saying Davis
1: well you asked what they're wearing and well they weren't wearing anything they were all naked I didn't mean to look. I mean, I'm... I'm a Christian.
0: They were naked.
1: Yes, but... Doctor, there is something else. The man, he... When he turned, you could see blood all over his mouth, and the girls...
0: Davis, it is very important you dictate to me the exact route which you followed into Bluefields. Okay, but... I'm going to head to Bluefields now. Please. Yes, sir. Take this paper and dictate my route through the tunnels. Then, go to the police. What many see as sacrilegious, occult and profane, is often a product of the supernatural manifesting in our world. Ritualistic behavior is inherently the process of reaching out beyond one's understanding. What they find through these rituals... Well, the outcome often varies. The consumption of another's blood has a long history in humanity, be it sacrifices or willing contracts signed and sealed in the sanguine. However, the petrified girls and the consumption of blood posits a ghastly image. With Davis's account, I instinctively connected the story with the missing girls. Naturally, I made my way to Bluefield. The tunnels are longer than I had imagined. However, Davis painted a very accurate picture of the darkness. Even with my flashlight, I could barely see past my arm's length forward. I took cautious steps forward until I was at the stairs leading up to the barracks. I climbed the unstable structure and found myself in the middle of the entire property. I was cautious that it may be unsafe to continue into the weak underground structure. But then I saw the tunnel leading forward. From here, I will play the recording of my findings. And vile creatures. <clears throat> this is Dr. Balthazar. I have entered the tunnels David Cully described. Thus far, I have found his description to be extremely accurate. I am approaching the pentagram room. I will note that the insects have amassed in number here. I've entered the large atrium. This room must have been some sort of theater or viewing room. The pentagram remains, however, it has been nearly wiped away. What is that? Blood? It is blood. Fresh blood. If it is here, then someone must be here with me. I can. My god. I scan my flashlight across the atrium looking for the source of the blood. It wasn't until I felt a drop of something on my head that I had the good sense to look up. I knew their faces from the flyers. They were the missing five, eviscerated and nearly bled dry, still bare but adorned with mountain flowers in their hair. As I gazed up, I counted them, I realized. There they were, completely suspended in the air, floating all around me. They were angels. (sighs) That is all I have planned for this transmission. In the interest of being thorough, I will say that after my experience, I alerted the local authorities. They were unable to find any evidence of my claim as of this recording all five girls are still considered missing. (sighs) I'm signing off for now. So as always, goodbye and good night.